Hello and welcome to Teletet by Fresco Media. We've been off for a few weeks for various reasons, but we're back and we're back with, I would say, a bang. Um, we're actually going to be looking at Indian football and more specifically the Indian Super League, which commences its new season on November the 20th. Uh, very exciting season, actually, because it's the first big tournament that has been uh, able to get permission to be played in India. Uh, it is being played in Goa behind closed doors and all nine teams have a five-month period in which um, they're going to be restricted to a bio-bubble. And quite exciting to see a lot of um, prominent names that you wouldn't really associate with Indian football. You know, you have Robbie Fowler uh, managing East Bengal, who themselves are making the debut in the Indian Super League. Uh, we do have a lot of returnees, um, some stars who have graced the Indian Super League in the past three or four years. And... Um, also, another exciting thing is that we have a very esteemed guest with us, uh, Debadi Patacharya, who is a very passionate Indian football fan and comes from the right, the core of Indian fanaticism for football. How are you? Thank you, Shreyas. I'm good. Thank you for having me here. I'm really excited about the season, just like you. Of course. Uh, why wouldn't you be excited, you know? Uh, still have to ask you which Bengali team you support. I'm uh, totally East Bengal. So, uh, right now, the whole... Uh, Tension that's been between uh, the ATK and the Mohan Bagan fans. That's really uh, exciting me and it's good entertainment for me. Listen, tension, the tension isn't just between the East Bengal and Mohan Bagan fans. It's between the Mohan Bagan fans and the ATK fans. Can you elab elaborate on that a bit before we go ahead? So the Mohan Bagan fans, basically, they're very proud of themselves, proud of their history, proud of their legacy. And uh, they're very anti-corporate uh, uh, intuition into their club. Uh, and they see it as an intuition. They don't see it as a merger, which I think uh, comes from a place of emotion rather than logic and uh, being pragmatic about it. Because Mohan Bagan, you accept it or not, would really needed some cash and really need to turn their uh, turn themselves into a more professional club, which I think the ATK man management are going to provide. And uh, but I think they're lo not looking at the good side because ATK right now has the strongest squad on paper. So I think they have a lot of things to look forward to. Uh, but right now, they're more interested in preserving their history and preserving their uh, emotions. Well, what better to start off than the history? Uh, we're going to be looking through the last 20, 25 years of Indian football, uh, more specifically. And uh, I think we can't start off with the recent history without covering, you know, the most famous Indian football tournaments. We're talking about the Durin Cup and the Santosh Trophy. Uh, the Durin Cup is very similar to how the FA Cup is run in England. And uh, just like the FA Cup is the oldest European football competition, the Euron Cup, um, you know, existed through the colonial times and has been, you know, one of the most prestigious tournaments um, in Asian football until recently. Um, now, the Santos Trophy and the Durant Cup lost their sheen towards the, you know, probably the latter end of the 1900s. And coming to the new century, I think the National Football League which um, essentially was the premier football league of the country, it shook a lot of things up in Indian football. Yes, of course. Like you said, AIFF after 96, I think from 96, they wanted to nationalize the clubs, make a national league, make a top flight uh, uh, football league for clubs to be participating in. Because as you mentioned in history in the past, uh, when India was a force to reckon with in Asia, uh, these tournaments played a very important part. Historically, Durand Cup is extremely relevant because being the oldest tournament in 
Indonesia. It uh, has a place for a place for itself in history. So does the Santos Trophy and the IFA Shield, uh, because uh, the Santos Trophy is where the players of yesteryears used to ply their trade, used to make their name, uh, and the huge rivalry between states was very prominent, which started fading away as the NFL started uh, started its uh, st- uh, started its journey. And uh, which is why I with, I think uh, the IFA Shield has been discontinued. In the last uh, few years, the Durand Cup was discontinued. But again, tell me, uh, the Durand Cup has uh, again uh, started as a pre-season tournament. Do you think it can be brought back to its uh, lost glory? Can be? They can't capture the past glory if they brand it as a pre-season tournament. Um, this, is, this should be a tournament, I guess, that, you know, the, the new um, owners of Indian football, which is... FSDL or Football Sports Development Limited, which is basically backed by Reliance. And that's why I see Neeta Ambani coming forward as the first lady of Indian football, really. Um, I think for them to use the Durant Cup or the, or the Santos Trophy even as a marketing experiment, they should rather focus on it being um, something similar to an FA Cup or something. Because having it as a preseason tournament, we saw last year, of course, uh, where a lot of the ISL teams that did participate in it fielded the second strings. And um, it kind of diminishes the prestige and the um, the glorious history these tournaments have come to experience over the past uh, century. Um, but on that note, you know, 2006, the National Football League or the NFL was rebranded as the I-League. Um, and this is kind of a turning point in the sense that the I-League looked at bringing corporate owners into the fray. Uh, we did see, you know, the likes of Mahindra United and GCT uh, experiencing a lot of success during these times. But eventually, towards the end of the decade, they crumbled due to financial pressure. Of course, like you said, I think the I-League was a very good platform for Indian clubs to uh, to to be in a uh, top-flight league. It uh, made a lot of sense. And AIFF did a good job in uh, managing it and how they uh, started this new initiative of corporate entries because it what it what it did is it made it open doors for clubs from places where football is not so prominent like you said i come, i might come from a from the right place for football in india but uh, clubs like chennai city minerva punjab uh, mahindra united from mumbai these kind of uh, clubs they came uh, they started uh, entering the i league and they they had a lot of on field success which is which is good for them uh, because that showed that football is present in all parts of uh, parts of our country, which is great for football in our country. So, of course, having said that, the I League perhaps couldn't uh, maintain its prestige and maintain its uh, uh, efficiency in terms of finances because, as we all know, all these clubs that you mentioned, uh, Mahindra United, GCT, they have all shut operations. Uh, Pune FC, Bharat FC, they're all shutting their operations because of financial crunch. Uh, what do you think is the reason for that? Yeah, I think, like you said, there. I mean, a main key reason is the fact that there's a lack of, there has been a lack of interest um, in local Indian football. You know, of course, you, Mohan Bagar and uh, East Bengal have been traditional household names. They come from a very decorated part of the country in terms of football heritage. But I think for corporate-backed entities, uh, the biggest complaint was um, a lack of spectator revenue because people just didn't turn up for these games to watch them uh, live. Nor did it really kick off on television. You know, I can just, from the top of my head, I can remember the the pretty horrendous coverage that we used to get on Z Sports, 10, 10 Action, and uh, more recently, One Sports, which is kind of a, I don't know, it's, a kind, of, it's kind of a joke at the moment. Um, but that has all amalgamated into 
the ISL. You know, all these problems have been resolved to some extent because the ISL has kind of modernized football in the country. It has brought about a way through which clubs could eventually be a sustainably run um, organization. Um, and this was all kick-started, you know, in 2012, 2013, when the AFS looking for, you know, a bit of cash injection. You know, AFF isn't the most uh, well-run organization in the country when it comes to sport and how they develop football even. So I guess cash for them was the big play. Um, so they essentially sold the football rights or the premier football rights of the country to an independent company called FSTL. Um, what, do you, what, what do you see kicking off from there? Was it... Um, something that was really required in Indian football, or was it a, was it something that maybe with a bit of patience and perseverance, the FF could have made something even more special? I think the cash at that point was really necessary. They needed that cash to keep uh, keep clubs uh, and football afloat in India, uh, which was uh, what the FSDL were offering with one forty crores over a period of time and. Such a deal was lucrative enough to was way too much too lucrative enough to refuse. And uh, well, we here we are with the ISL, and the ISL has, as you mentioned, they've uh, they have negated the problem of coverage with Star coming in. There's a wide coverage of the football matches in all sorts of languages, which is great. Uh, the problem again, and Star is a partner as well. That's that's another important thing. Yeah, Star they're not a, just a sponsor, you know, they're not just a broadcaster. Absolutely, but. The problem persists in uh, still attracting crowd uh, to the stadiums because attendance has been gradually falling uh, as the seasons have gone on. In the first season, of course, uh, there has been a lot of attendance into stadiums. But I think a few clubs uh, do have a, a great uh, attendance, uh, namely the Bangalore FC, the Kerala Blasters. And I think with the addition of East Bengal and Mohan Bagan, I think the attendance issue will pro- perhaps be... Uh, solved in the coming years when spectators are allowed into stadiums but again the good thing about ISL is the players that have played in the league look at the players that have uh, come to the league like Roberto Carlos uh, Alessandro Del Piero Diego Forlan uh, these kind of players who played in the World Cup played in the, played in the uh, most elite competitions in Europe Nicholas and Elka played everywhere so these kind of players coming to India uh, the Indian football attracting them uh, to come and play uh, is great for Indian uh, players themselves because they bring a wealth of uh, experience with them and wealth of knowledge that they can pass on to Indian players and which is which will do them a real a real good. Uh, but again, uh, I think coming to the third season, fourth season, I think that's when uh, the owners started realizing because I think the attendance has dropped because games there are a lot of draws in the games. The leaks suddenly became uninteresting, and that's when they found out that okay we have to be in the in the league for the long run financially because no club was breaking even even after three or four years as was promised by the EIFF or the FSDL right so they thought that okay we have to be in the long run so suddenly the player recruitment uh, strategy also changed into uh, getting foreign players uh, playing in Asia who are still in their prime uh, players like uh, Roy Krishna players like David Williams and these kind of players again will increase competition in India and also I think uh, the I think I think you know you raised an interesting point there um, the influx of more you know signings that are at the peak rather than probably the last two or three years and just want a payday um, I think what kickstarted all I in my opinion was the formation of Bengaluru FC and the kind of professional attitude that they took. You know, at this point in time, they were the only club in India to be um, accredited by the AFC um, pertaining to the standards. So I think that was a key moment because 
like I mentioned, all the other Indian clubs did not adhere to these the strict criteria that the AFC lays out in terms of um, you know uh, licensing a club. So within all that context and the fact that ISL was a private league at the time, the first two three years, uh, which was only lasting for two or three months, the moment it became a bit of a longer term league with three or four months, I think it all changed because you saw the likes of like you mentioned ATK going out and signing. Asian players in their prime. Um, and that has juiced up the competition um, this season. Right? We're going to come out to mention a few times. We are seeing players that you'd never associate at this time in their careers uh, playing in the ISL. And that bodes very well for the competition. Absolutely. Uh, I think you've you put that spot on because Bangalore FC uh, set the standards on how to run a club, I think, in the ISL. And uh, every other club is trying to follow that suit, uh, trying with... Uh, Look at Hyderabad, they're associating themselves with uh, uh, Dortmund. They look at ATK, who have started in, who have, who have had a junior team playing in the Calgary League. So they're looking at uh, putting an establishment out there, putting a structure in place so that uh, they are just not franchises. They're just not uh, being in existence for the, the as long as the league is uh, uh, being played. So I think that change of uh, attitude, a change of uh, how they see themselves in the league is is a welcome change because when it started, I think that was kind of a replica of the IPL. They wanted a financial uh, profits from it, financial return from it, just as the ISL had provided and uh, which had actually sprung a lot of private leagues in Kabaddi, Pro Kabaddi League, look at the Badminton League. So all these leagues started off uh, as an offshoot uh, trying to replicate themselves from the uh, IPL and it's a, it's a great thing that the ISL is changing its, uh, its viewpoint, right? Of course. I love to see it. I love to see um, um, an attitude to change. Um, the IPL hasn't changed all too much. You know, of course, there have been Minor changes that were required. Um, a lot of the other leagues, like you mentioned there, the Pro Kabaddi League and so on, still maintain that IPL-style ethos in their competitions. While the ISL has changed the most, you know, you have to say that they've made changes to make um, the ISL obviously is now the premier sporting competition of the country, a footballing competition of the country, um, and has to be a bit more than a two or three month league, which has been represented in the last couple of years. And I think that is great because we want the merger to go ahead. You know, we want more teams in the ISL and we want more competition. We want more representation in Asia. And I think this was a great move that they made the uh, the ISL have a AFC Champions League slot, which FC Goa are due to play in. Um, that was probably one of the most exciting things that I was looking forward to this coming season. And uh, we will move on to these you know, the team-by-team team analysis and how teams are shaping um, in what is promising to be a very grueling and interesting season. But before that, in part two, we'll be focusing on how the financial aspect of Indian football played such a big part in not not only the formation of the ISL, but also the doom and gloom surrounding a lot of the biggest and most famous Indian football teams. So stay tuned for part two of our ISL series. <laughs> <laughs> 